When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. What's going on, everybody? And welcome into an emergency edition of B-Shape Daily. Although I don't think this will end up being a very long video, I think we will count it as a B-Shape Daily episode. But I wanted to hop on here, of course, because of the news of the day in Cardinals land on Friday as the Cardinals have signed Matt Carpenter to a contract in the year of our Lord 2024. This is not a joke. This is not a prank. This is a real thing. And it's not a one-day contract so he can retire a Cardinal. It's not a minor league deal even. This is a major league contract for Matt Carpenter signing to be part of the team in 2024. I have the press release right here in front of me labeled Matt Carpenter returns to Cardinals. Redbirds signed their former All-Star to a 2024 contract. Carpenter, 38 years old. Give you the quote from John Mozeliak here in the press release, and then we can reflect upon what this means. Drop your opinions on this deal in the comments below here on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button in the lower right-hand corner of your screen right about there. I, this is not something that I think anybody expected, um, but it, it's here. So let your thoughts be known, and I'll try to give you some of my instant reaction as well. Um, Mo saying in the press release, quote, when you think of players that helped shape our success in the 2000s, Matt Carpenter's name is one that is synonymous with winning. Matt showed from the very beginning of his career how hard work and determination can lead to success, and we are excited to have his leadership and experience back in a Cardinals uniform. So, wow. <laughs> what do we think this means, Cardinals fans? Because instantly when you see a deal like this that you don't expect, that kind of comes out of left field, the reaction is trying to explain it. Like, okay, what are they thinking with this move? And I think a lot of Cardinals fans have the reaction of, no, seriously, what are they thinking with this move? But I, for one, am 100% on board. And maybe that's going to piss off some Cardinals fans who are looking at this and saying, how far down the well can the Cardinals go when it comes to getting the band back together and the sentimental retirement tour mentality that they seem to have with their longtime legacy type of players? Here we go again. It's Matt Carpenter's turn. Evidently, not just Lance Lynn from that 2011 team. Yeah, Matt Carpenter, he got a cup of coffee in 2011 with the Cardinals, uh, played in seven games during that season. Really, the, the breakout, the, the break onto the scene for him came the next year in 2012. Uh, long time ago, but you know what? It's also kind of the, the last era where the Cardinals were truly successful in the ways that Cardinals fans have come to expect. And it's been a while, and they're trying to get back to that. And we've seen how much of an emphasis the team has placed upon the notion of veteran leadership and getting the right guys in the room. Uh, I think that was a lot of the impetus behind Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson. Uh, in the case of Lynn, of course, you have the direct comparison to say, hey, 
this was a guy who had been a part of some of those winning teams, was a, a player on that 2011 Cardinals World Championship team, was around in 2013. And so you're trying to channel some of that. How far can that get you? I guess the Cardinals are intending to find out because if you look at Matt Carpenter and his numbers last season, uh, the, the the wheels kind of fell off again for him. In 2021 with the Cardinals, uh, we know that it was rough. He finished with a 581 OPS. He hit 169 for St. Louis. That was his second consecutive year of having a sub-200 batting average for the Cardinals. And 2020 wasn't a good year for him either when he hit 186. But then he goes on this odyssey. He figures himself out. He has a willingness entering the 2022 season because nobody wanted to sign him basically after the Cardinals contract expired and the, the team did not obviously pick up the player, uh, the, the club option end of his deal for that 2022 season. Worked out with Joey Votto, had some hard truths about himself that he had to reflect upon. End of the day, he ends up having a nice year with the Yankees when he was healthy, but that season ultimately cut short by injury. But he was genuinely great with the Yankees. An OPS of 1138, he hit 305, he slugged 727. He slugged higher in 2022 than his OPS was in either of the, any of the three previous seasons, 19, 20, and 21. He had a 727 slug with the Yankees in 2022, and his OPS with the Cardinals in 19 was 726. It went down from there, 640 to 581 in 2021. So the Cardinals let him go. 47 games and 154 plate appearances with the Yankees. He was Babe Ruth. It was unbelievable. If you can remember what Carpenter was doing there in 2022, he did seem to reinvent himself and come to terms with some of the things that previously he was too stubborn to maybe see. And he opened up about that and talked about it, kind of admitting that that was the case for him. And if you think about it, he had no real incentive other than, you know, the pride of wanting to play well and, and get out of the slumps that he was in uh, to really be forced to make hard changes to his approach and a lot of his approach Cardinals fans understand he would only pull the ball and when the power was sapped from his swing and you're pulling the ball it's just flying out to right field a lot and and weakly grounding out to the second baseman in the shift like that's what Matt Carpenter had become in the minds of Cardinals fans and I think a lot of folks were happy to see him do well with the Yankees there was maybe some frustration that like why couldn't Carpenter have to come to terms with that while he was a Cardinal and improve for St. Louis uh, the team that gave him a chance and that he spent so many good years with you know, whatever the case was there, it happened, right? He gets a contract with the Padres and kind of goes right back to, to where he had been, right? A 641 OPS hits 176 this past season. And the, the, the Padres, I think, ultimately released him despite the fact that it was a two-year contract that he had. So for Matt Carpenter, that seemed to be certainly the end of the road. It's like you get a second chance to kind of reinvent yourself. That was a great story, but it's probably the end of the line, right? Not so fast, my friends. The Cardinals have signed him back, Matt Carpenter, for 2024. What do we think about this? This is, it's wild, right? But I, I think I'm all in on it. And I mentioned that that might upset some Cardinals fans because you're going down that retread route again, and it's a guy that just flat out did not have success last year. And to give him a major league deal, like, again, you could have said, hey, minor league deal with an invite to spring training. And I don't think anybody would have batted an eye. It would have been a story for sure, but it wouldn't have been as big of a story as you're giving him the 40-man spot. And, like, we we know that James Nail is now a pitcher for the Kia Tigers and the Korean baseball organization. Cardinals shipped him over there. He was transferred. I don't know what that means. I assume Jimmy Hammer, James Nail had to agree to be transferred to Korea to play baseball. Um, but he was a guy that we've said all along was probably just by biding his time on the 40-man and would ultimately get cut from the 40-man roster. That happened, and now he's going to play in Korea. 
And so I hope he does a great job over there. But that opens up the 40-man spot, and Matt Carpenter on the same day fills it. Now, what does this mean? Why are the Cardinals doing this? Well, we talked about the veteran angle. Uh, you, you can never have too much veteran leadership for a team that last year, I think, it's not to say that they were lacking it, but I also think it is fine to say that they were lacking it in the areas that they felt they needed it because they ultimately didn't cl come together as the clubhouse they wanted to be. Um, I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that they started so poorly, and then it, it's easier to coexist in an environment with your coworkers when business is booming, right? But when things are tough, that kind of brings out a different side of people, and you have to, to deal with adversity together. And if the, the bonds aren't maybe as tight as, as you want them to be, in that moment, then then sometimes it can be hard to dig out of it. It's not to diminish any one person as to say that it was this guy's fault or that guy's fault, but I think we can be honest about it just didn't quite come together and coalesce the way it needed to last year for the Cardinals to have success. So what have the Cardinals gone out and done? They've added guys that they believe can really be a strength in that regard. Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson, we mentioned. I think Sonny Gray is, is the kind of guy that's really going to make sure guys fall in line because by being around his intensity, if you've seen him speak, you can get a sense of it already of like how much he wants to win and how much he wants to do well. And if the guy next to him isn't really given that effort, they're probably going to hear about it from Sonny Gray. Like that's the type of guy that he is. Lance Lynn, I think even used the phrase pain in the ass. Um, maybe that is to refer to him as when he's on the mound, he's a pain in the ass to go up against. But like, that's the kind of guys the Cardinals are targeting to bring in. Now, Matt Carpenter, does he maybe fit that description as much? Perhaps not. But clearly they value what he would bring to the clubhouse from a veteran leadership perspective. And I think the reason it could work better this time than it did the end of his previous tenure with the Cardinals is because there's not this expectation of what he needs to become in the lineup as a daily presence, at least I would think. Um, if we come out and hear news about Tommy Edmonds' injury being worse than perceived or Brendan Donovan can't throw the way they thought he would be able to and the Cardinals had to pivot as a result, then maybe that's one thing and we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But as as for what we know right now, it's a move to add to the very end of your bench with a guy that has been around the block before, that has won before in St. Louis. This is obviously the optimist side of things and you could definitely take the other angle and say, well, that could be a spot that's reserved for a Thomas Sejaci off the bench. And that should be a guy that, the you know, the Cardinals should be using that roster spot, that bench spot more effectively than to bring out Matt Carpenter, who's likely going to hit 190 with a 600 OPS unless something crazy happens. But also, maybe the Cardinals really do believe it's as simple as, hey, the side effect of Car Cardinals devil magic is plausible here. And so maybe we just try. Like, for fans, I can see that that would be a frustrating thing. Of Like, that's your game plan for the offseason is to just hope to catch lightning in a bottle again like you did with Albert Pujols. Is that really a realistic game plan? Well, maybe not. But I could see the low downside and high upside of adding Matt Carpenter on a major league minimum salary. I'm sure he's not making any money beyond like whatever the, the league minimum is. He's still getting paid from the Padres. He's accrued plenty of cash in his career. I think this is just an opportunity for him to be a part of something that, you know, A, he gets to extend his career, and B, maybe it is something special as the Cardinals try to rewrite their story compared to what happened to the team last year in 2023. Um, does it signal an Alec Burleson trade suddenly? I know the detectives are on the keys for that one. I, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I'll do the same thing that I did on B-Shave Daily a couple of years ago when the Cardinals signed Corey Dickerson late in the, the process. I think that was even at spring training. And everybody said that means they're going to trade Lars Newtbar for Frankie Montas. No, what it meant was the Cardinals are going to have another guy in their outfield depth picture that's going to be a bench bat until injuries happen. And they're not going to, on a one-year contract for a veteran outfielder, 
reshape the future of what they view at their other positions like a Lars Newpar. That, that was never going to be a thing. I'm going to make the same claim here, at least in my opinion, the way I view this. Does this signal an Alec Burleson trade? No. Like, the Cardinals don't really operate that way to where they would have to go, hey, we're going to bring in Matt Carpenter so that we can feel like we're comfortable enough to trade Alec Burleson. I don't think realistically they can expect the contributions to be on that level. What it could say to me is if there's not an injury, and if there is one, then that's going to change the alignment of everything we expect about what the Cardinals could be defensively and in the lineup, et cetera. And I put the over-under on Twitter at 174.5 plate appearances for Carpenter this season. And if it ends up being over, you know, probably some stuff happened that that you, you're not feeling great about, right? Whether that's a, about an injury that we already know about, whether it's about something new that we don't know about yet, whether it signals maybe not so good things for Luke and Baker's chances of making the team. Like all of these things, I think you could absolutely argue and say you feel like the upside of his veteran leadership, talking about Matt Carpenter, is not such that it's worth blocking another player that you could get to find out about and see if that guy can hack it at the major league level and be a part of your future. I will absolutely hear those arguments, but it's not like it's a big salary and it's not like there should be an expectation of playing time which I think those two things were why it was especially grating on Cardinals fans in 2020 and 2021 to have Matt Carpenter around because they just kept playing him and playing him and he just continued to not produce and it was very predictable what the outcome of his at-bats would often be. Is that going to be the same case in 2024? I have no idea. I don't know how often he's going to play. Again, it would seem to me that if everybody's healthy and there's not a secret injury that we don't know about yet, which if there is, I'm sure we'll hear about it soon, But if that's the case, then Carpenter is the last guy on your bench. He's your 13th position player, and he bats from the left side, which can maybe give you a matchup advantage in certain situations. But, like, that's probably about the extent of it. You know he can play a few different positions. Can you do so super effectively? Maybe not. But, like, Taylor Motter was on this team all year last year, right? Like, that. would you rather have Carpenter or Taylor Motter? I would say easily Carpenter uh, for me personally. Would you rather have Jose Fermin in that spot than Matt Carpenter? Fair to ask, because what that would say to me then is if there is not an injury that there is needing to be discussed, what does that look like to say that a guy like Fermin presumably doesn't make the team uh, or any of the other kind of guys who can play middle infield don't make the team and Carpenter does? It would say to me that they would have to have some level of faith in what the backup shortstop situation is, or they just really think Mason Wynn's going to play every day, every, every game. Like, if that's possible, then I guess you don't have any problems. But I, I doubt that they could be so confident right now as to think that that's going to be the case. Even though they do kind of pencil him in as the everyday starter at shortstop, you got to have a contingency plan. Um, they talk like they don't want to yank Tommy Edmond around this year, but Tommy Edmond walking off of the podium talking at winter warm-up said, you know, I, I kind of know that whatever position I, I usually start in, it's not always what I end in, and I'm, I'm accepting of that. So Tommy's going to be ready to do whatever asked. That's the kind of player that he is. But if he is not your backup shortstop because you want him in center, what what else do you need on your bench to be able to cover all the positions? Maybe that means they believe Donovan can play shortstop. Or maybe sometimes, you know, the most obvious explanation is the correct one. Tommy Edmonds going to play some shortstop in, in center field, and he's just going to have to deal with being kind of yanked around again, which do I believe that that brings out the best defensive alignment for the Cardinals? No, because I think Tommy would be at his best if he could just focus on outfield. He's going to willingly do anything they ask him to do, but is it necessarily going to be for the best of the team? Well, maybe with the way that they're constructing themselves and, and building this roster into a corner to where Ali Marmel is going to really have no other choice but to use Tommy in that regard. So on the days where Tommy Edmond isn't in center, maybe he's at short and Dylan is in center, and that's a way that you find some playing time 
uh, for Carlson. Uh, maybe that's the way that this plays out, but I, it is notable that you put a guy as your last line of defense on the bench. Yes, good that he bats from the left side. Notable to me that is is clearly a guy that's not going to play any shortstop. And like, does he need to play outfield? I'm sure that they're not going to come and say, hey, Matt Carpenter is going to be a corner outfielder for us. I think he's going to be a bench bat that you use in a pinch hit role probably almost every day, right? Uh, or maybe not almost every day because there is no pitcher batting anymore and the DH is a factor. The Carpenter he could see some time at DH as well if he if he strikes hot and, and they want to continue to ride that. It's It's interesting. There's not an obvious place to play him, but if you frame it in your mind of the way of like, comparable to Taylor Motter or Jose Fermin being on the team, I think then you could at least say there's some versatility and flexibility there with how he could be used. But at the same time, if Alec Burleson remains around, which again, I don't think one signals a trade of the other, but also like Burleson could be that lefty bat off the bench, but he's also got options remaining and maybe things happen where they have decided that he's not guaranteed a roster spot the way that they thought of him last year. Like there's a lot of different ways that this could go. Let me know Cardinals fans, the direction that you think it will go and whether or not you think this is a good move by the Cardinals to bring back, bring back Matt Carpenter in 2024. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I mean, if you were presented with this information a couple of hours ago, it would have been like, hey, how many at-bats do you think Carpenter will take for the Cardinals in 2024? People would have laughed at you. But that's what, I mean, that is what the Cardinals are doing. And I, again... I want to look at it optimistically because I think it's incredibly fun. It's very compelling because I know that Cardinals Nation is in a in a tizzy, and I kind of like a little bit of chaos sometimes. Makes life interesting, right? So it, it's just it's just crazy because sometimes you want to give the Cardinals the benefit of the doubt. You want to give anybody the benefit of the doubt, right? It, it, it's nice to say, all right, if that's their explanation, sometimes I can say, all right, I can see their their line of thought with this. But like, how many times? do we see these moves happen and go, this is the most predictable Cardinals move imaginable. And is John Moselak capable of anything else? Is he capable? And is his front office capable of a move that after it happens, we don't all look at it and say, well, that's the most Cardinals thing to ever happen. Like people want something exciting that has perceived upside. That's why everybody said trade for the pitcher that maybe only gets you 120 innings like a Tyler Glass now. Or maybe, you know, there's some volatility in what the performance could be of a Dylan Cease who had a down year but is a really exciting option. Like, do something that nobody expects that we would look at and say, that's not really the way the Cardinals operate. I think there is an element of that from Cardinals fans that they would just like to see a move like that. And instead, what you've got in this offseason is every single move is like, if it wasn't telegraphed like Sonny Gray, you could have predicted it from the very beginning. But then again, it's like, 
why did John Mozeliak have to tell Sonny Gray, I hope we're not too late during the first phone conversation with him that happened like right before Thanksgiving? Like, why is that not the very first thing they do in the offseason? Like, it's these little things where you go, it ends, all's well, it ends well. They got Sonny Gray, but like, are they doing everything possible in, in uncovering, you know, leaving no stone left unturned in some of the ways that they approach these acquisitions? Like, of all the players in the in the world, Matt Carpenter is the guy that you fall back to for looking for a, a bench bat. You know, maybe that there is that element of they believe truly that there's a tangible benefit to having all the veterans that they can. And again, I could look at it and say, if I were going to give them the benefit of the doubt, I would acknowledge that they do have a young team in terms of a lot of the core guys that are position players. And I had somebody tweet at me today after the move, and we're talking about it, where he says, the Cardinals are one of the oldest teams in baseball. Why do we keep talking about them needing veterans? If you look at the position players, I just factually don't believe that's accurate. Um, maybe the average age is such that I'm missing something. But you, yeah, Goldie and Arenado are veterans for sure. But elsewhere, like I'll go around the diamond. Avon Herrera, young guy. Uh, Contreras, obviously another veteran in his 30s. But you go Avon Herrera, you go Nolan Gorman, you go Brandon Donovan. Um, who else we got? Mason Wynn at short, Jordan Walker in right, Lars Newpar in left, Dylan Carlson as an outfielder. Um, they've got guys that are, I mean, they've got a decent amount of, of young players on the position player side. Now, does that mean that they're incapable of, you know, knowing the ropes for themselves and being able to, like some of those guys are 24, 25 years old, 26 years old perhaps, but they've been around long enough to where it's like you don't need to be coddled by veterans. But I, I do think that the Cardinals are all in on this notion of, hey, the clubhouse didn't quite look like we wanted it to last year, and the moves that we make are going to reflect that. They're going to be done with a purpose. Whether or not that pans out, we're going to find out. Did the Cardinals overestimate the degree to which that should matter in their offseason acquisitions, or was it just the only moves that they're capable of making because did other people not want to play here? Like, the more times John Mozeliak said, hey, it's a guy that wanted to be here, the more I go, okay, yeah, obviously, because they signed, but is there not also room for you can compel a guy to want to be in a place by paying him enough money? And can they do that with a guy who is not automatically like a Cardinal way guy? Is that allowed? Is that possible? I'm not saying you can't win with the way the Cardinals are doing it, but I don't. I think it's happened enough times now where we can at least feel comfortable to ask, like, is this the only thing they can do? And if so, why is that? Um, the Matt Carpenter signing is not worth getting mad about, in my opinion. You're a fan of the Cardinals. You are welcome to get mad about it if it makes you happy. If it's if that's what floats your boat, go for it. But I look at it from a perspective of like, if there was going to be something negative that I would say about it, it's just another data point on the list of things that say like, can they only sign guys that they've either had prior experience with or had expressed through the back channels that they would maybe be interested in becoming a Cardinal someday? Or can you find a guy that you don't have a pre-existing relationship to and say, hey, let's go. Let's bring him in. You know, let's compel the guy with a, with a salary that now he wants to play for you. Like, I, the relief pitcher that they end up signing, if they do go out and sign a reliever to add to the bullpen, I have no idea. You know, it, does it have to be somebody like Phil Maton who kind of lived close by, grew up close by, and so that's the only guy that's eligible? You know, it's not to say he's a bad pitcher, but, like, there's just no world in which the Cardinals go out and, and, and give a bag of money to Josh Hader. Like, it just doesn't happen because – even though he was a guy that they obviously were familiar with as an opponent, it's just he's not a Cardinal guy. I don't know what, what it is. I can't even explain to you what that means. But you know sitting here listening to me that I'm right, that 
when there are certain guys you go, well, he's not a, he doesn't feel very Cardinalsy. Unless you can, as a Cardinals fan, identify that a guy does or does not feel Cardinalsy, you you you're you're not going to be able to sign that. You know what I'm saying? Is that crazy? Am I just talking complete nonsense right now, or is this making sense to Cardinals fans? Let me know in the YouTube comment section below. Uh, I, I really hope that Charlie Marlowe will sit down with me and we can do another episode of uh, Low Hanging Fruit. That, I mean, no pun intended on that podcast name when it comes to the Matt Carpenter signing, but you, the jokes kind of make themselves at this point. I think Matt Carpenter's great. I always have enjoyed Matt Carpenter. I hope he brings back Long Hot Summer Day as the damn walk-up song. Like, I'm a sucker for this stuff, so, you know, maybe I'm the I'm the wrong uh, the wrong audience to, to end up getting mad about this deal with Matt Carpenter, but... What do you think, Cardinals fans? Let me know in the YouTube comment section below. Sorry for continuously looking off screen, but my, I'm watching the baby monitor as my son naps upstairs. Um, this is not something that I expected to be talking about. You want to talk about a Friday news dump. The St. Louis Cardinals just gave it to you. Um, personally, I, again, I always have to explain to people, I am not a Cardinals fan anymore. I grew up one. I was a Cardinals fan in 2012 when uh, you know I, I went to the, the game against the San Francisco Giants where Matt Carpenter enter the game for an injured Carlos Beltran as a late scratch and he hit a home run after like seven rain delays. Like I was a Cardinals fan then, you know, so some of these things, it just kind of sort of is what it is. And I, I, I do have that, I guess, internal bias from having grown up as a Cardinals fan. Now I'm, I'm a writer that covers the Cardinals and I do look at it from an objective standpoint compared to what I used to, where I would tell people the best way I could describe it is when the Cardinals lose, it doesn't ruin my day. Yes, I grew up a Cardinals fan, but and it used to ruin my day when the Cardinals lose. Now I can kind of step back and view it as a third party. And from that perspective, signing Matt Carpenter is fantastic. He's going to be down there in Jupiter. You get to talk to Matt Carpenter again. Like, that's fun. I think it's great that, that Cardinals fans are going to get to see him again. But, like, didn't we do this already? Didn't we do the long, drawn-out goodbye? It's like the Midwest goodbye. The Cardinals can't say goodbye to these guys. I figured it out. The Midwestern goodbye, when you're at your buddy's house, and the dinner party is clearly over, and everybody's standing by the, the in the foyer and putting their coats on. Yeah, well, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah, and the next thing you know, you're talking for 15 more minutes. That's what this is. The Cardinals can't seem to say goodbye to these guys, um, but it makes for great theater. Let me know in the comments below what you think of the Matt Carpenter signing. We're going to have more podcasts about this, but I just wanted to give an instant reaction podcast uh, and I'm going to try to text Charlie Marlowe and see if he wants to hop on later and talk about it too. Thank you guys so much for watching. Make sure you subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube for goodness sake. Lots of Cardinals content to come throughout the rest of the offseason, and then when we get down to spring training, uh, it'll be hot and heavy. So appreciate you guys as always for listening. We'll talk to you next time on Be Shafe Daily. Peace.